Uh, let us turn to the book of Joshua, chapter 15 and verse 16. The book of Joshua in the Old Testament, the book of Joshua, chapter 15 and verse 16. Joshua 15 and verse 16 says, And Caleb said, He that smiteth Kirjat Sefer and taketh it, to him will I give Aksa, my daughter, to wife. So Caleb said, He that smiteth Kirjat Sefer and taketh it, to him will I give Aksa, my daughter, to wife. This message is about the daughter of Caleb, a great man of God. He needs no introduction. The title of the message is, Give me also springs of water. This is the request of Aksa. The request of Aksa. She asked for springs of water from her father. And we will look at it from a spiritual perspective, of course. So, the first thing we need to understand is when we think about the words of Caleb here, Caleb uh, was a, one of the only two who actually made it to the land of Canaan. Everyone else died except these two. They entered the land of Canaan. And we know that Caleb was a powerful man of faith. In fact, his, his confidence, his faith, his boldness in the Lord is legendary. And the first thing we notice is Caleb made an announcement. He said, he that smited Kirjat Safed, that's a place in the land of King. The person who is able to lead an army there, take over the place, uh, annex this place, I will give my daughter Aksa to wife. Now, the first thing is uh, Aksa must have been a special lady. Otherwise, her father Caleb would not have had the boldness to make us make such a declaration. Yeah. I mean, if you are Caleb and you want someone to take a city, uh, I think it's quite clear that your daughter should be quite special because otherwise <laughs> there would be no takers. No one would be interested because how? Oh, oh, Aksa. Oh, she, she's a terrible lady. Uh, I'm not going to even risk uh, anything for such a lady. So this itself sets the stage for the character of uh, his daughter, Aksa. I mean, if, if you have someone announce that the price for marrying you is a whole city, uh, clearly you must be very special. I think we can all agree that Aksa was special because immediately there were people who wanted to take this place, risk their lives in order to marry him. Praise God. Uh, in a, in a sense, this message is for sisters, but it's also for us as brothers because there are, you know, transcendental, uh, bigger spiritual messages. But I just want to ask our sisters today or women today, would, 
Can you imagine a father making such a bold proclamation that your father could, would be so confident in your, in your character, in your graces, that he could confidently announce and say, who will take the city in order to marry my daughter? Would anyone come forward? <laughs> so, you know, what this tells us is just think about the character. I mean, the way that Caleb brought up his daughter. Can somebody say amen? A great man and a great daughter. Can we agree about that? Praise God. A great man, it's, it's not enough to be a great person of faith. It depends on what you leave behind for Jesus. What, what is the character of your children? It's important. We can't escape that question. That's why all we can do as fathers and mothers is teach our children the ways of God. Train them up in the way of God. So that one day if I say, oh, I'll give a whole city to anybody. Uh, I mean, it's not the city. If you take the city, I'll give you my daughter. It's not the city which was greater. It was the daughter of Caleb. Praise God. Do we have such daughters in the kingdom of God? Does Jesus have such women in his kingdom who are so valuable, so powerful, so wonderful that uh, the whole of Israel would, or the whole church, I mean, <laughs> their, their fame would be such that if their father would say, who would marry my daughter? I'll, if you take that city, if you're willing to risk your life, for the, you know, in those days, it was not uncommon. You know that King Saul demanded a thousand uh, foreskins of the Philistines. Uh, that, that's quite a gross uh, <laughs> requirement or criteria for in order for David to marry his daughter. And David did it. So in those days, women meant something. Yeah, they, I'm sorry to put it this way, with, with our modern sensibilities, uh, but in our, in, our, in our world, crazy world today, it's just, uh, you, know, uh, you know, imagine a father making such a statement, everybody would just, you know, it would be chased out of town, but not so in those days, amen. So that's a powerful introduction. Joshua 15, verse 16, Caleb said, he that smited Kirjat's affair and taketh it, to him will I give Aksa, my daughter, to wife. Praise God. So we can, we can confirm, ascertain that Aksa was a very special young lady. Amen. So, you know, I, I, I've written here, some fathers may be blind to the graces of their daughters. <laughs> we can excuse some fathers for thinking their daughters are worth more than they think they're worth. But I think we can all agree today. And let us appreciate this. In this super modern, crazy world we live in, uh, thank God for the biblical model. We don't want to put pressure on just sisters. I always preach just as much to men also. Uh, we should not follow the ways of this world. There should be something about Christian men and women which sets us aside. There is beauty in holiness, brothers and sisters. Amen. There is beauty in holiness. So we need to remember that Caleb was not just a great man. 
He raised a great daughter. Praise God. May God make you great in faith. And may God give you great children of faith. In Jesus name. So as we continue. Now let's. As we the story progresses here. What happens? Well. This part is a bit tricky. And I need to give you some background information. So that uh, we as Christians. Uh, are looking at the past. Through the prism of modern times. Uh, it's easy for us to get confused. But, but the, the fact is that it was the younger brother of Caleb. His name was Othniel. Othniel conquered Kirjat Sefer and he won the hand of Aksa. So when one considers that, it, does, it doesn't make sense. Because they say, what? Um, he married, I mean, he gave his daughter to his brother. It was she basically marrying her, you know, her uncle. Uh, you know, that, of course, offends our modern sensibilities. But remember, and I had to research this, that this was not specifically forbidden in the law of Moses. And also remember that earlier, Abraham himself married his sister, Sarai, but this is before the law. And Moses' father, Amram, married his father's sister. In other words, Moses' father was married to Moses' aunt. Uh, yeah, I know it, 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 it um, basically raises our eyebrows and, uh, you know, immediately you think of incest and those kinds of things. And, uh, but I've looked at it carefully. And, of course, after the law came, things were regulated much more. There were more restrictions. But still, the relationship that Othniel had with his niece were not forbidden in the law. The way I think maybe spiritually we can interpret this is, remember, brothers and sisters, let's not forget, ultimately, Eve was taken out of Adam's own body. Yeah. Much as we are very uncomfortable with these uh, incestuous relationships, but let's not forget that Adam's wife was taken out of his now, and I'm in no way supporting any of these uh, types of marriages. Today, we do not recommend, I mean, doctors will tell you, um, you know, uh, uh, one should avoid uh, inbreeding is what we call it. Uh, it's, it's very dangerous very risky for the children, etc. But uh, and, and we don't practice any of this anymore today. But, uh, you know, even from a medical uh, standpoint, and uh, if, if you don't want to have, uh, sorry to put it this way, but children who would have chromosomal uh, mis uh, errors, etc. But this is in our Bible. And we've got to not just explain it away, but we've got to understand it. And I think there's a spiritual element here. You see, Eve was taken out of Adam's own body. So when we consider all these relations I've just mentioned, what I'm thinking, and one way to look at it, is ultimately uh, Caleb gave his daughter to his younger brother, Othniel. Othniel took Kirjat Sefer, the city, and he also 
took the daughter of um, uh, Caleb. In one sense, when I look at it, the focus here is on familial bones. It is pointing, in a sense, to our heritage in the Lord. You know, the Bible says we are flesh of his blood, flesh. We are bone of his bone. Ephesians 5 verse 30. Ephesians 5 verse 30 says, for we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. One thing is clear is that Othniel demonstrated the same spirit of bravery and boldness that his older brother Caleb was famous for. Let's not forget. You know, what we are finding out here is that this is a very unique family. The entire family <laughs> appears to be people of super faith and super boldness and super strength in some ways. This is not an ordinary family in Israel. So it is as if Othniel is saying, uh, I'm going to keep everything within the family. I'm going to increase the boundaries or the, 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 the territory of my family. I am not going to make sure that the, the, uh, the inheritance, the land, uh, the bride, everything will belong to us. So he, Othniel, appeared determined to keep everything within the family. One spiritual way to translate this, and remember this is not the core of my message, I'm going to come to Aksa. Aksa is really the main hero in this family. But all of them are heroes. All of these are great people of faith. All these people in the family of Caleb. What a blessing when there are so many in the family. All of them in Caleb's family seem to be blessed. Seem to be people of enormous faith. They were people who are basically... Um, you know, did noteworthy things, noteworthy of being recorded in the Bible. So very often we hear negative things about people in the family of the heroes of faith. But when I look at the family of Caleb, all of them seem to be people of great faith. All of them seem to be mighty warriors for God. What an amazing family. Thank God for Caleb. They seem to have inherited his boldness. May God help us to inherit everything that belongs to our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Whatever belongs to the Lord, let us keep it in the family of the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. Praise God. So, uh, this part is important for us to understand because uh, we need to make sense of what is going on. Uh, and who is Othniel, and uh, why was he allowed to marry his niece, etc. But those were different times. And I think clearly family pride, family honor was involved here. But let's continue now in the story. So we know Caleb was the one who made the declaration, the offer. And Othniel proved to be the bridegroom uh, worthy of this bride. He took that city and he turns out to be another family member of Caleb. And so, so far, so good, but there's a problem. Aksa seems to be very passive. She seems to be quiet as if uh, she has no choice, no say, no, uh, you know, uh, um, agency of her own, nothing. But then we are going to be introduced to this remarkable woman 
who also proves that she really is worthy to be called the daughter of Caleb. Let's look at Joshua chapter 15 and verse 18. Joshua chapter 15 and verse 18. The Bible says, And it came to pass, as she came unto him, that she moved him to ask of her father a field. And she lighted off her ass, and Caleb said unto her, What wouldest thou? So let's recap a bit. Now it appears that our uh, hero here, Aksa, has married the other hero, Othniel, and everything is good. But what happened was, we find here that Aksa told her husband, Othniel, she said, I need you to go and ask my father to give us a piece of land, a field. Praise God. Hallelujah. You see, Aksa is a type of the church of Jesus Christ. Aksa is, represents the church. Aksa pushed her husband, Othniel, to ask a field of her father, Caleb. You see, we can imagine Aksa prompting and pushing Othniel until he could no longer forbear. But this is the privilege of the daughter, praise God. The church is the daughter of Jesus Christ. Amen. Can we say that we are the church of Jesus? We are the sons and daughters of Jesus. It is our privilege to go to our father and ask him on behalf of the church, whatever we want. It's our privilege. And we see here, that this is the privilege of Aksa. She's not ashamed. She's bold. No, go to my father, she said. Tell him I want a piece of land for us. Praise God. You know, maybe poor Othniel, he said, oh, look, I've already taken the city. I've asked for your hand. It's enough. He must have been a quiet guy, a man of dignity. But the church will never stop praying to her Lord Jesus. Amen. We will keep going and making requests to our Lord Jesus. Amen. It's our privilege. Hallelujah. And I want to say one more thing. Sisters, mothers in the Lord, you need to push your husbands, your brothers to pray and to seek the Lord. To go to Caleb. Go to Jesus. Have you noticed it's always the women? Who were pushing, asking for more. Sometimes the men give up. But Aksa never gave up. She's not satisfied. She has a, her father is called Caleb. Her husband already took the land uh, called uh, Kirjat Sefer. She's not satisfied. She told him, you need to go to my father and ask him for a piece of land. He must have said, woman, it's enough. But she said, no. You know, mothers, sisters, they're always praying. They're always seeking the Lord. It's not by accident that the Lord gave the story of this woman who kept knocking on the door of the judge. You remember that story? Why was it a woman? There is a maybe a grace that God gave women to 
never stop praying. Never stop calling on the name of the Lord to keep asking. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible said they gathered together in uh, that house, John Mark's uh, mother, her house. You know, because sometimes women are not able to, okay, she's not going to go and conquer that territory there. It's not easy for women to be traveling all over the world as missionaries with two little children, you know, <laughs> dragging behind them two little children. So sometimes the men are busy doing these things. But let's, so could it be that because of this, women have become quite adept at praying and they know how to pray until they move mountains through prayer in Jesus' name. I don't know, I'm speculating. But the Bible talks about great prayers of women, the prayer of Hannah and many other such women who prayed, the prayer of Esther, hallelujah. So here we have this daughter of, of Caleb. Her name is Aksa. I wonder why we don't know her that, uh, you know, she's not famous. Why, why is it we don't know her? But from today, I hope she's known and somebody will call their daughter by that name of Aksa because she was truly a remarkable woman, as I'm going to show you soon. So, Aksa pushed her husband to go to her father, Caleb. She asked for a field and she received it. Can we say amen? She received it through the request of her husband, Othanian. But she took the initiative. The woman takes the initiative often in prayer. You know, they say that um, you've heard all kinds of jokes about men who are lost, but they can never ask for directions. <laughs> um, men see needs and sometimes there is pride or dignity or whatever, and or they take things for granted. But the women go and ask. And she was not willing to for her husband not to go. She kept prompting, pushing till he went. But now, so she got to the land. She's gotten everything. Is she not happy? What is the point of receiving a field when there is no water in the field? <laughs> Praise God. What is the use of inheriting a piece of land with no water? Praise God. Think about it. So, what do you think is going to happen now? For sure, Othniel is not going to ask anymore. He's fed up now. The guy risked his life to get her. And now he's probably thinking he got a wife who can never stop asking. The church will never stop asking Jesus until Jesus returns. We have a long list of prayer requests with Jesus. It's okay if Othniel doesn't want to ask. She must have tried talking to him. He must have, you can imagine the argument in the house. Woman, why didn't you tell me in the beginning that there's no water in the field? I mean, I can't keep going to your father. Uh, so in the end, Aksa said, okay, okay, let it be. It's enough now. From now, I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to, and that was against the custom of those days. But Aksa never bothered about uh, custom. That is not how her father brought her up. Her father was a man of great faith. Her father believed, amen, that all God's promises are yea and amen. Hallelujah. 
her father once came to Moses to, to Joshua and he told him, Joshua, you remember the promise of Moses? Now give me this mountain. Hallelujah. So, you know, when you come from a family that only knows to, that the word of God is yea and amen, and you come to Joshua and say, give me this mountain. Uh, that's the kind of daughter that he brought up. So like father, like daughter, here comes Aksa riding boldly with, on her donkey. Her father sees her. <laughs> he knows she's not coming to just enjoy his company. You know, the fathers know the look in the children's eyes. And he knew, oh, here comes Aksa. Here comes, my, <laughs> you know, my own flesh and blood. And I'm sure she's going to ask for something. Praise God. You know, Jesus knows when we mean business. Praise God. Is anybody riding on a donkey going to, to Caleb? Anybody riding on the donkey of prayer determined to go to Jesus and to make your request? Praise God. Notice she didn't begin with, oh, my great father, I missed you. Oh, my father, what a wonderful man you are. She, the Bible says in Joshua 15, 18, she came unto him and she moved him to ask her father for feel in, in the first and then the Bible says, and she lighted off her ass, and Caleb said unto her, What would is thou? So notice it didn't take long. Perhaps she talked to the husband a little bit, and then he didn't listen. Then she got off her donkey and she went to her father. The father said, Oh, oh here comes my daughter. What, what do you want? You know, Caleb is a no nonsense person. Praise God. When we come to Jesus, Jesus, we worship him, we bless him, but at some point, he knows what is in your heart. He knows what you came for. And God loves boldness. So, Othniel, for him, you know, the buck stopped with the land. Finish. That's it. That is how some people are with the Lord. After a little while, they say, okay, that's enough. I'm not going to trouble the Lord anymore. Uh, not trouble the Lord. The Lord, his riches are infinite. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. I don't believe that anyone ever heard God send an angel or speak to them and say, I'm sorry, we have run out of supplies in heaven. God's supplies are infinite. You, no one, we can't finish. Them. So, this is what Aksha, Aksa knew. Aksa did not care. She doesn't care about her dignity. She doesn't care whether she appears greedy or not. She just came. She alight, lighted off the donkey. This is where she was more like Caleb than she was like Othniel. Praise God. Remember who we are talking about once again with Caleb. He and Joshua alone believed they would inherit the land of Canaan. Caleb, by the way, and this is important information. Caleb outlived even Joshua. And he was fighting the battles of the Lord at the age of 85. How about that? At the age of 85, Caleb was still fighting the battles of the Lord. Caleb was a unique man. He had a passion for life and the blessings of God that no one could match. Let's read a little bit about, about this in Joshua chapter 14. The book of Joshua, chapter 14, verses 10, 11, 12, and 13. Joshua, 
chapter 14, verses 10, 11, 12, and 13. The Bible says, And now, behold, the Lord had kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the, in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. As yet, I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain, whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be, the Lord will be with me. Then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him, and gave unto Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, Hebron, for in inheritance. Praise God. Just think about it. Today we have Hebron in what is called the West Bank. They call it the Occupied Territory. And this was actually the possession of, of our friend Caleb. And let me remind you, Hebron is where all the prophets are buried. People like Abraham, people like even Joseph. The cave of the prophets, including Rachel, Rebecca, and others, they're all buried there. It's a very, very important place. So God gave that place to, that city to, Caleb. What a great honor God bestowed upon this man. Hallelujah. It was not just any city. He asked for a particular place. He said, give me this mountain. He was bold enough to ask for where Abraham and Sarah are buried. Wow, what a great man of God. Amen. And surely Caleb was worthy of being the inheritor of that place. It is as if God gave the tombs of the prophets to Caleb to be a God for them, to honor their bones. You remember that Josh, Joseph, the great man of God, he longed to be buried near his fathers. And imagine now, in this place where all the prophets are buried, it is given to Caleb. Oh, praise God. What an honor. What an honor for Caleb. So this tells you, Caleb's story in the Bible is one of the, is one of the most honored men. Because till the day he died, his, you know, it's as if God was so happy with this man. God wanted this man to keep living. And like Moses, you know, he outlived Joshua. Even Joshua didn't live as long as him. And he's still fighting the battles of the Lord. So let's come back to Aksa. Aksa decided like her father before her to go boldly to her own father. This, this family has been, if there's one thing they know, it is go boldly to the leader. Amen. She demonstrated, of course, her great respect for this famous man and alighting from a donkey. And she reverenced him. It is good to go before the Lord with worship and honor. Amen. Very important. And then her father asked her, what 
What is that? What do you want? Like I said, God knows whether we came to just enjoy his company or ask for something. It is always good to be forthright with God. We can't deceive God. And Aksa was true to her heritage. She was bold. She was direct. She was concrete. Let's turn to Joshua chapter 15 and verse 19. The book of Joshua chapter 15 and verse 19. Who answered, give me a blessing. For thou hast given me a south land. Give me also springs of water. And he gave her the upper springs and the nether springs. Amen. Let's break this now. Let's break this now. You see, I first want to say that the Bible says she said to her father, give me a blessing. Oh, hallelujah. Can we all say amen? Hallelujah. How many young people today go to their fathers or their mothers and say, mother, father, just give me a blessing. Give me a blessing. I wish there are some young people listening to me today. Young people, you need the blessing of your father and your mother. If your father and mother do not bless you, if they're always, if they give up on you, if they're disappointed constantly, it's not good for you. Your life will not be blessed. You will go from one problem to another until you finally collapse. I'm telling you the truth. Because the Bible says the only commandment in the Bible with a blessing with a in this life is honor your father and mother that you may live long on this earth. You want to live long or you want to die young? I know many young people who are rebellious and they died young. They're dead. Let me tell you, God called us to get a blessing from our parents. Maybe before I, when I finish my message today, ask your mother and your father for a blessing. It's very important for you. God wants young people today. We live in a rebellious world. It's shocking. They take for granted their parents and they, they don't care. They want to be like their friends. And their friends are rebellious, many of them. God have mercy. It's as if it's a shame for them to respect their mother and father because they would lose, you know, some sort of... Uh, I don't know, uh, credibility or image or whatever with their friends. It, it's, a, it's an upside-down world. It's all topsy-turvy. God have mercy. We need to reclaim the truths of the Word of God. The first thing we can learn from Aksa is, Father, give me a blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. Give me a blessing. This is not just anybody. This is... Uh, Caleb, the man of God, a man whom God loves. He's uh, become very rich. He's powerful. You know, Caleb was rich in health and years. He's rich in material wealth. He's rich in faith. He's rich in strength. He's rich in everything. You're talking about somebody who's blessed. Well, this is Mr. Blessing himself. This is Mr. Blessing with a capital B. No wonder she said, Father, bless me. Ah, hallelujah. When you find somebody who is blessed, go to them and say, bless me. I know God has blessed you. 
So bless me. Amen. Hallelujah. We need the blessings of Jesus. Let me tell you, the blessings of Jesus are not with just any Tom, Dick, and Harry. That's why we respect when ministers will lay hands on you. When you come to a minister and say, pray for me, bless me. I'm happy to bless you. Amen. Look at Jacob. Jacob is willing to do anything to get the blessing of his father Isaac. We can accuse him of anything, but the man is desperate. He wants the blessing of his father. Father, bless me. Young people, don't go to your friends for a blessing. They will curse you. There's no blessings there. Why would you spend time with people teaching you to curse, to stay away from the house of God, teach you how to drink and teach you how to uh, you know, destroy your body? Why are you going to your friends for a curse? Go to your parents for a blessing. And go to Jesus for the ultimate blessing. If your parents bless you, God will bless you. If your parents, which parent will not bless their children? Unless they're crazy. They're not then qualified to be. They shouldn't have had a child if they don't know how to bless their parents. So, Aksa teaches us, first and foremost today, to respect our father. When we come to Jesus, we have to come with respect. We need to tell Jesus, Father, bless me. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You see, the Bible says in Exodus 20, verse 12, let me read it for the sake of, you know, to go on record. And this is a Bible study. So let's read it. Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. See? See? Notice about, carefully what God is saying. All you have to do is honor your father and mother. By the way, this is for adults also. I have a mother who's alive. I do my best to honor her. Once my mother told my other seven brothers and sisters who are all Muslims, she said, this guy, she's talking about me. He is an unbeliever. She called me a kafir. Unbeliever. It's a terrible word. But he respects me more than all of you who are supposed to be Muslims. And I said, oh, wow, thank you, Lord. What a wonderful testimony for you. Although she doesn't believe in Jesus. But my own mother acknowledged that since I came to Jesus, I give her more respect than all my other brothers and sisters who are Muslims. So I cannot use any excuse just because my mother is a Muslim today that I say, I don't need to honor her. No, we all must honor our mothers and our fathers. Doesn't matter what they're doing. Once we are able to do that, the Bible says, look at what God says, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Do you know there are two things here? Long life and the land which the Lord gave you. Do you want a land that God will give you? Do you want a job that God will give you? Do you want good health for many years? All these are blessed gifts. Somebody asked me recently, Henry Kissinger, the former foreign minister of the USA, Secretary of State, he lived to be 100. Was that from God or from the devil? I, I said, look, uh, in one way I was about to say, I don't know if it's from God or from the devil, but it's clearly God allowed him to live 100 years. Who has the power to let somebody live 100 years? 
You remember the man who said, soul, soul, take thy ease, you know, build bigger bonds, etc. God said, you fool, tonight your soul will be required of thee. Understand that age, years, time is a gift from God. Satan cannot add to your years. I don't know why God allowed Henry Kissinger to live to 100 years. Uh, that's between God and Henry Kissinger. But uh, what I'm saying is, if I live to be 100 years, this is God's blessing. If you live to be 100 years, it's God's blessing. And may God give you good health. I don't want to live 100 years in a, in a bed, confined to a bed of sickness. Amen. I want God to give me good health. Praise God. I'm 52 years old. I always say I thank God. I take no medicine. I have no sickness. I have nothing. I sleep well. I have excellent health. I have had COVID five times. And each time it was like a little cold five times. Nothing. Because I know God has blessed my health. I want to be live like Caleb for the glory of God. I want to live to 100 to do the work of God. Pray for me. Praise God. But it should be from God. And I pray the same for you. I bless you in Jesus' name. May all of you live to be 100 to do the work of Jesus and in good health. So, see the blessings of God, brothers and sisters. Amen. Uh, don't rush to doctors. I, my doctor, when he sees me after some years, he wonders, uh, who are you? And, and I'm always happy. Who am I? Praise God. My do I, I've been with my doctor, Jesus. He takes care of me. He tells me what to eat. He tells me uh, what to avoid. Sleep now, train, exercise, this. Let God be our physician. Amen. Praise God. So live naturally as possible, as much as possible. Live as naturally, eat naturally, live naturally. Praise God. Because the God is the God of nature. Praise God. So there you have the advice from the I'm pretending to be a nutri nutritionist. I have no clue about nutrition and the medical side. Uh, take it in the spirit in Jesus' name. But my point here is, because we're talking about Caleb. The man had no doctor. He had no GP to go to. I, I don't know. There was no dentist. The guy had no gym that he was training in. He was just in the desert. How at the age of 85 is, is he still going to battle with guys who are 70 years younger than him? Imagine... Caleb is 85 and he is together with a young man who's 20 years old and they are fighting the Anakims. <laughs> with God, all things are possible. Let's say with God, all things are possible. Amen. So what I'm trying to say is, young people, you need the blessing of your parents. Aksa Cain, the first thing she did was she said, Father, give me a blessing. Hallelujah. Give me a blessing. If only young people knew how God works. Because later when they grow up and, you know, all the doors are closed for them and then they become depressed. Only Jesus can open doors for you, the doors that are closed. And he won't open unless you learn to respect your father and mother first. Amen. So let's continue. So we need, she was, by the way, she was first asking for a general blessing. Yeah. General blessing. So. The first blessing, the first request she made was for a general blessing. We cannot look, even if Jesus does not give me my specific request, I still should ask him, my Lord, give me a blessing. Bless my life in general. Amen. Even if he says, I can't give you this one thing, but um, 
but I bless your life. That's everything, brother. That's that's it. You see, I want to know that I have the blessings of Jesus. Because whatever problems come my way, I know I'm blessed. I said yesterday to the church, it, does, it didn't matter that Peter was arrested and beaten. He was put in prison. Since he was blessed of Jesus, an angel came, released him, and, and gave him his freedom. Go out and preach. It didn't matter that Lazarus was dying. He was blessed by Jesus. And he would soon be raised up from the dead. Amen. Doesn't matter what problem comes. Just know that you are blessed of Jesus. And he will come and take care of your problem. Let us come to our father Jesus. Like Aksa came to her father Caleb. And she said father bless me. Give me a blessing father. Amen. Remember the blessings of Deuteronomy 28. We have a tradition in Europe at the end of the year. This year also we'll go back to Sweden. As we used to do before. And we are going to, at the end, as the new year, as, you know, the uh, new year is ushered in, the clock, clock strikes midnight, we read from the book of Deuteronomy 28. All the blessings that are mentioned, we receive it. For us, these are not blessings only for the Israelites 3,000 years ago. These blessings are valid today. I want to read you just the first blessing. Deuteronomy 28, verse 2. Deuteronomy 28 verse 2, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Can we all say amen? All these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. Have you heard of a blessing overtaking you? I've heard of cars overtaking me. Some of them irritate you on the highway when they overtake you. But I'll tell you, when, when the blessings of God overtake you, you will not be irritated. You will be very, you will be very happy to be overtaken by the blessings of God. Oh, hallelujah. May the blessings of God overtake all of us in the year 2024. Can we say amen? May all those blessings come upon your head. Put your hand on your head and say, may all the blessings of Deuteronomy 28 come upon me in Jesus' name. Praise God. This time we are even claiming them one month ahead of time. Praise God. We can't wait to the end of the year. We want it now. Hallelujah. And may all those curses go away from us in Jesus' name. So, once we have understood that Aksa first asked her father to bless her in Joshua 15, 19. She said, give me a blessing. Oh, hallelujah. Whenever you go to your parents, always remember that Whatever else you may think about your parents, they have a blessing. They have a blessing that no one else can give you. Amen. I think everybody here should think about their parents. Can we do one thing? I feel led before we go ahead. Just one moment. Everyone here who has a parent, why don't you bow your head? If you don't have a parent, may God comfort you. Maybe you can pray for somebody in your family whom you know who has a parent. Let's pray for those parents, fathers, mothers, whoever. Let's pray. Let's ask Jesus to give us that blessing. I have a mother. Whenever I meet her, I try to do something good for her. I try to be as kind as I can so that I get my blessing. 
Let's pray for our parents in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, we join together from across the world because we just take your word seriously. We believe there is a blessing in blessing our parents, my God. Even for those parents who don't know you, we say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But we know that there is a blessing that you have reserved through them and them alone. And that blessing can only be channeled through them. And even though they may not pronounce that blessing upon us, we ask in Jesus' name that you release that blessing upon your people right now. I pray that you comfort our parents. Give them good health. Above all, give them your salvation. Send someone to talk to them about Jesus and the need of their soul. Bless them, my God. We thank them for the years. We thank you for the years that they took care of us sacrificially, selflessly. Bless them for this. In Jesus' name we pray. And you say, Amen. Praise God. So let's continue. Now we've talked about Aksa. She was just warming up. That was the first request. But this woman is incredible. We need to follow carefully. The next thing she asked for is this. She said, notice what she said. For, she, for thou hast given me a south land. Eh? You see how smart she is. First she told him, "Give me, I need your blessing. My father, you are very important. You're a great man. So she flattered her father. She made her father happy. She's not a rebellious child. The next thing she said is, look, father, you gave me a land, a southern land. Hmm. You know, when you come to Jesus, please remind him of what he gave you before. Ah, are you with me? Say amen. <laughs> we need to know how to pray like Aksa. We need to know what we need to, we need to get from, Aksa, from our God like Aksa. She's smart. She knows the steps. She said, Father, you gave me a land. She's, you know, she didn't say, uh, I sent my husband Othniel. I pushed him. He came. She said it straight. You gave me a land. I'm the one behind the request. I sent Othniel. Thank you very much for it. I haven't forgotten. You know, there are some people who come to Jesus and they just take things from him and they never thank him for what he gave them before. Never. It's like, uh, it's the first time I'm getting something from him. Lord, you haven't given me anything. Do you know that? Please give me this. Aksa is not that. She reminded her father, you gave me the lamb. Can we acknowledge what Jesus has given us? First and foremost, you know, whenever I pray, I always find myself invariably saying, Lord, thank you for the salvation you've given me. That, I always begin with that. Thank you for saving my soul. What, what is greater than salvation? You know, other things is nothing for Jesus to give you, but it cost him a lot to give you salvation, to give me salvation. Jesus will become so happy each time. We remember each time we talk about that salvation that he gave us. Praise God. So we need to always understand this lesson. Always thank him for the salvation that he gave. Thank you, Jesus, for coming in flesh. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for paying the price. Thank you, hallelujah, for dying for me, for 
being raising yourself, your body up from the dead for me. Praise God. Let us never get tired of uh, thanking him for this greatest of all works that he has done for us. This is the crowning glory of Jesus. Amen. He saved you. He saved me. Sin, sin can never have dominion over us. You know, it took me time, I'm telling you, to understand what this means. It is the greatest blessing. You know, sin is everywhere. And when I was young in the Lord, sin would come and I would think, oh my goodness, I'm going to be destroyed. I'm going to, I'm going to leave my beloved Jesus until I realize the power in Jesus' name. When I say, save me, Lord, again and again and again, he saves me. You know, it's like salvation is like sin you know, it's like water off a duck's back. The water tries to, you know, go into the feathers of the duck. It's not able because the ducks have, a, they release a certain lubricant of some sort and, and it's it's like waterproof. That's why we have, you know, that, that term, uh, phrase, water off a duck's back. Salvation is like that lubricant that the duck has. Satan wants to put sin on us. He wants sin to kill us, go into our system. But it never sticks because the salvation, the blood of Jesus is all over us. And sin is never able to take a hold. It's never able to, um, you know, get its claws in us, so to speak. Oh, wow. praise God. But I'm telling you, remove the salvation of Jesus and sin will find a way in. And sin it will be like an arrow that is shot straight into your heart and there is no shield to protect you from the arrow. Always rejoice. Always thank God for his salvation. This salvation is what keeps us from the power of sin. Sin has no, shall have no dominion over you. Praise God. So keep thanking Jesus. Whenever you go to him first thing, always say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for my salvation. Also, Lord, I thank you for the land that you gave me. You know, I want to today compare the land that Aksa asked for to baptism in Jesus' name. You may say, wow, well, really? Wow, how? See, um, let's first begin with that. Yeah, let's, Let us liken the piece of field to receiving a new body through baptism in Jesus' name. Yeah? And let's read the scripture in Galatians 3.27. This scripture in Galatians 3.27 says, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. In other words, once we are baptized in Jesus' name, we have a new body. We have put on Christ. We are, have a new man made in the image of God. This is like the new land that Aksa received from our father. It's fantastic. Wow, you, you have a land. Beautiful. But it's not enough to have the land. You need water to water the land. It's not enough to have the body of Christ through baptism in Jesus' name. You need water. You need the Holy Ghost in this new land, in this new body. Praise God. You know, a land is a place for a person to live. And so the body of Christ is where the land which we're going to live in for the rest of our lives. Amen. It's a new land. That's why I'm comparing the two spiritually. You see, the Apostle Paul once met the disciples of John the Baptist in Turkey in Ephesus. I've been there twice to Ephesus. And 
I was sometimes walking around and asking myself, was this here where was this a place where Paul may have asked them? What he asked them in Acts 9, verse 19, verse 2. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Huh. A piece of land which receives no showers of water is quite useless. And if you have the body of Christ, I want to challenge you. The body of Jesus Christ must be constantly showered with the waters of the Holy Ghost. The book of Romans 8, 9. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 9. It, it's, a, it's a very clear verse. Notice what he's saying. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of us. Please listen carefully. Just as a piece of land with no water has no meaning. Paul is saying, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of us. That's why Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2.38. He did not mince his words. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. That means you all need a new piece of land. But on top of that, you shall be received the gift of the Holy Ghost. This promise. Somebody says, but I didn't get the Holy Ghost. Well, God promised to give. Believe like Aksa. Believe like Caleb. Believe like Othniel. This is a family of faith. That I will get this mountain. I will. Do you know this family asks for things and they get it? God wants us to ask for the water like Aksa. I'm speaking about the Holy Ghost today. You may be surprised that the message is about the Holy Ghost. Yes, Aksa is like the church, the church telling Jesus. She asked her father, Caleb, give me springs of water. Ah, somebody says springs. She didn't ask for uh, a few trickle, you know, trickle, uh, you know, a few showers of water. She wants springs. Somebody says springs. That means she wants a non-stop, constant, perpetual flow of water. This is what she told her father. Give me springs. Ah, can somebody now say with me, Jesus, I need the springs of living water. I don't want a little shower. I don't want a little cloud over my head. I want a source of water that will bubble up constantly. I want springs of living water. I don't want my land to ever experience a drought or a famine in the name of Jesus, praise God. Give me springs of water. Hmm. Can we all say like Aksa? If you don't have the Holy Ghost while I'm preaching, say with me. Say with me. Give me springs of water, Jesus. Give me springs of living water, praise God. This is the title of this message. We need the spirit of Aksa. Give me also, see, she said, give me also springs of water. Amen. Give me also springs of water, praise God. I'm telling you, if Jesus hadn't given me the Holy Ghost, I would be really, I would knock down the doors of heaven, so to speak. I wouldn't give him rest. I would talk to him as I talk to him. <laughs> you don't want to hear me pray sometimes. I talk uh, very, you know, uh, it's it's quite emotional. 
but I, I speak seriously to Jesus. You promised. You promised. Man, praise God. You are not a God who lies. Praise God. You have to know how to speak to Jesus. You have to know. The Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer, fervent prayer of a righteous man and a woman will avail much. Praise God. Don't take no for an answer. There's never been a no. The reason God doesn't give is because people are not fervent. They're not zealous. God needs to know that you have feelings with your words. We don't manufacture it. We are not actors. We are not your uh, Robert De Niro's or Al Pacino's or whatever. We are moved by the Holy Ghost when we read the Word of God. We want what the Word of God says. We want it. And I say, when I say want with a capital W A N T, I want it now. Praise God. Because the gifts, the things of God, oh, hallelujah, I must have them. I don't care about the things of the world. I'm very slow and lazy to claim them sometimes. But the things of God, brothers and sisters, my, the piece of land is useless without the springs of water. Aksa, you see, Othniel did not understand this, her husband. The church is Aksa. Sometimes the sisters are pushing the men. We may not get some things, but the woman has to go straight to the father and say, I need the Holy Ghost. I need the water. Are you a farmer woman? Are you going to do the work? The women didn't do that. This woman is different. This is Caleb's daughter. Let's say we are talking about Caleb's daughter. She's different. Amen. We are not, don't be just any church. We are not any church. Praise God. We are not any men or women. We are different in Jesus' name. So she came to her father. She made it clear. She said, Father, you gave me land. I thank you for it. You gave me many things. Always thank Jesus for everything he gave you. Sometimes it takes me 10 minutes just to remind Jesus what he gave me. And I'm speaking fast. So it means he gave me many things. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for this. Thank you for this. Thank you. For this. Thank, you, for this. thank you. Hallelujah. And then she said, first she said, give me blessings generally. We need general blessings. The next thing she said, but she came herself to her father. Don't, there comes a time you have to stop sending Othniel. Eh? You know, the people who always say, um, yeah, there are some people, God have mercy. They don't pray to Jesus, but they're very quick to call somebody. Ah, could you please pray for me? You know why? Because maybe they're going to watch TV. <laughs> God forbid. It's horrible to say this. But I don't know what some people do, but it seems like they outsource their prayers to other people. It's like, how often are you going to send Othniel to Caleb? Stop sending Othniel to Caleb. There's a time you mount that donkey and you go to Caleb. You have to speak to Jesus. Go directly to him. Let him ask you. Because if you keep sending Othniel, Othniel will get tired. Othniel doesn't, didn't ask for the land. Othniel didn't ask for the water. It's all Aksa. Aksa. Praise God. So she thanked him for the land, but she said, I need springs of water. Hallelujah. And you know what? Her father gave her more than one spring. The Bible says he gave her the 
upper springs. Say with me, upper springs. That means the piece of land had two sources of springs, one in the north and one in the south, and the nether. Wow, praise God. Amen. You see, this is what we should ask Jesus for. Give us springs of living water from above our heads, from below our heads, from every direction. I want to be showered with the Holy Ghost. Oh, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Have you, sorry to bring this up, but uh, maybe I, I should have found a better analogy. But you know, years ago when they first had what they call these jacuzzis, you, everyone has some idea of what is a jacuzzi in their, in their, in their bathrooms or some of, uh, you know, I, I remember the first time years ago trying one, you know, you, you're kind of uh, suspicious and you panic a bit because you're wondering, what is this touching the soles of my feet? And what, what is this touching my back? And then you realize there are jet streams yeah, coming from <laughs> behind you, under you, hitting you from every direction. May Jesus fill us with the Holy Ghost in the same way. Praise God. Give us the upper springs and give us the nether springs. May your life be hit with the Holy Ghost, jet streams of the Holy Ghost from every direction, praise God. So you know what Aksa was asking her father? She's saying, I need that land and I need the springs of water so that the land will always have abundance of water. If the water in the north fails, the one in the south will not fail. Praise. You know, this lady was amazing. Praise God. She knew something about that land. She must have been her father's daughter. She must have been with him often there. He showed her the springs. He showed her everything. And now she capitalized on it. When you have been three years with Jesus like the apostles. And then he says to you, he talks three years about the Holy Ghost. And then he says, go to the upper room. I'm going to give you that gift which I was speaking to you about for three years. We should run to the upper room. Never leave it. Praise God. Make some sandwiches. Camp out there. Hallelujah. Until you hear a sound of a mighty rushing wind coming from heaven. Praise God. Who wants to ask like Aksa today? Praise God. You see, the people of God who get things from God are bold people. Caleb said, give me this mountain. And, God, and Joshua said, Nobody can deny this man whatever he wants. Praise God. He's the same man who was with me and who said we are going to destroy these Anakim. Amen. So his daughter Aksa had the same spirit like him. And you see, we have to understand that when God himself promised the land of Canaan, you remember what he said about the land? Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 11 and 12. Deuteronomy 11, verses 11 and 12. The Bible says, But the land, whither you go to possess it, is a land of hills and valleys. And listen carefully now. And drink it water of the rain of heaven. See? The land God gives is a land which is awash with water. It is a land inundated with water. It's not a barren land. So, and then verse 12 says, A land which the Lord thy God careth for. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it. From the beginning of the year, 
even on the end, unto the end of the year. And I remember preaching a sermon years ago saying, we are that land of God. God will cause it to rain abundantly upon us. And I believe that it, this is somehow commensurate, it's uh, compatible with this message today of Aksa. Aksa knew that a land has no value without water. And we need to understand, brothers and sisters, it's not enough to be baptized in Jesus' name. You must be filled with the Holy Ghost, praise God. You need the upper and nether springs. She just asked for springs and her father gave her two. I want to conclude by saying, may we all be like the land of Canaan, a land that drinketh water of the rain of heaven. Don't be like Othniel who stopped asking after he received the land. Let us be like Aksa who wanted springs of water and she received two. The name Aksa basically means a bracelet and uh, sorry, an uh, ankle, anklelet, you know, a piece of ornament that you put on on the ankle. Now, her father, when he she was gave birth, he looked at her and said, this is my ornament. This is my jewelry. This is my treasure. Amen. And what an honor she brought to her father, Caleb. Until the day he died. Caleb knew that his inheritance is in good hands. My question is, is the inheritance of Jesus in good hands today? We are Aksa today. We are the church. Do we value our inheritance? Or are we going to sell it like, like Esau for a pottage of soup? God have mercy. Do you know that God loves his people who take care of his property? who recognize this thing belongs to Jesus. We have to take care of it. We have to use it for the glory of God. Amen. Brother Victor in our church knows he's here. Whenever we buy cars in our church, we always pray and we always use it for the glory of God. And even our cars become part of the property of Jesus. We feel very sad when we have to sell them. <laughs> very sad. It's like, oh, we shouldn't. We should, we should have a, like a museum for them, for the Lord. So everything we get from the Lord belongs to the Lord. We don't want it to end up in the wrong hands or in the hands of uh, an Esau. May God give us an Aksa to take care of the inheritance of the Lord so that when we saw time to leave to go with Jesus, the property of Caleb will be in the right hands. The property of Jesus will be in the right hands. I want to encourage those who don't have the Holy Ghost Believe, the Bible says, while Peter yet spake these words. Peter had not made an altar call. Peter did not lay hands on anybody. Jesus poured out the Holy Ghost. Because perhaps Jesus felt Peter is not comfortable to lay hands on anybody. He may feel that he would be defiled. God knows everybody, everything. So he himself laid hands on, those, on the Italians. When nobody wants to help the Italians to get the Holy Ghost, Jesus will, will be the God of the Italians, praise God. May your cup flow over. May your land be inundated, immersed with the upper springs and the nether springs of Caleb. May the God of Caleb fill you with the Holy Ghost and the boldness of Aksa. Hallelujah. Can we pray in Jesus' name as we conclude? Lord Jesus, I thank you for this message today. Your word 
is so rich. It always amazes us. We, when we think that we have uh, tapped into all its treasures, all its mysteries, you keep amazing us. The riches of your word amazes us. We bless you. I thank you for bringing Aksa uh, before us today. She's with you. Caleb is with you. Othniel is with you. Joshua is with you. And we hope one day soon to be joined together with these great heroes of faith who, though they've died thousands of years ago, they, they, their lives instruct us because you wrote their names and you kept their memories alive for us to emulate, for us to study their lives. And this is what we've done today. And Aksa speaks to us from the pages of ancient scripture. And she tells us to be bold, to go to our father, to ask him for the land, to ask him to be baptized in Jesus' name, hallelujah, and for the new body that only you can give. And then go back again and ask for the springs of water, hallelujah. And we know you will give the upper springs and the nether springs as you gave to Caleb, as you gave to Aksa. We bless you for this message. The God of all wisdom, the God of every blessing, the God whose word lives forever, the God who is not a man that he should lie. Fill your people with the Holy Ghost as they hear this message. We are not dependent on any person laying hands on us, although we respect the ministry of the laying on of hands. But I ask you, in time to come, as this message is recorded, as it lives its life on, on, in cyberspace, and somewhere down the road, somebody perhaps in Argentina or Brazil or Japan or Australia or France or somewhere will hear this message. Fill them with the Holy Ghost, Jesus. Hallelujah. You're the God who took somebody called Aksa, whose names... Many have whose name many have forgotten. And you brought our life to them. In the same way you can take this message. And down the road, you will embed it in cyberspace and suddenly bring it to life so people can hear and be filled with the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. We bless you. We thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you for every blessing you've given us. Bless us, Father Jesus. Bless us today. Give us a general blessing. And give us specific blessings. Give us a land. Give us the waters, hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray and the church says amen. 